What's up, everybody? My name is Rich. You can find me on Twitter at I'm Rich, but I'm not. This is Lee One uh, on the Rocks, by the way. Should have said that from the very beginning. Uh, joined, as always, by the man who has never lost a single game of Paper, Rock, Scissors. Brian, how's it going? Yeah, it's going pretty good. Um, like I said, it was a hot one earlier today. So uh, just getting over that and getting over uh, coming back from vacation to you. So rocked and raring to go came back wednesday night and saw the uh saw the team that i enjoy watching you know piss down the side of their legs so that was awesome yep it was uh good to hang out with you and colin beforehand uh got to have a, a drink with you guys and hang out with you in the parking lot and i'm glad that colin strong-armed you out of the stadium before <laughs> anything could happen yeah, he uh, he had to because I was I was sitting there like no no I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna say something here. It's like no, nah, you probably shouldn't. We should probably just leave. I was like, well, I really want to say something. He's like, well, I'm your ride, so you either come with me now or you get to walk home. So yeah, no, he's a good brother. Yeah, he uh, he definitely is, and he. Uh, he saved me a little bit of embarrassment too, I guess. So <laughs> what are you drinking tonight? I got water. Um, actually the kids went with grandma earlier today. So me and the wife did a bit of day drinking today. Um, out here in off 204th at, uh, bottles and barrels. It's kind of just, uh, a regular storefront, but they also have the pour your own beer stations where they give you a card oh. that you put on top and it measures the amount of alcohol that you pour in. So you can use it for tasters or you can use it for full, full drinks and it just tallies it up and you pay for it at the end of the day. So that's like those, uh, the ice cream places pretty much where yeah. you put all the candy on it and then you put it on a scale in the, at the end and then they charge you pretty much. Yeah. It's pretty close Ooh, to that. That's, that's dangerous, man. I'd get in I'm, a lot of trouble. Yeah, and so we uh, we did that. We met the owner, talked to the owner for quite a quite a while because we were the only ones in there. Because we went at about eleven thirty. So yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm I'm sticking with water right now. Cool. Well, I told you before we started the the broadcast that I was going to surprise you with my choice of alcohol tonight. I am taking your bad influence on me, man. Oh yeah, going for the bush light. The bush lights. I can good. honestly say I do not remember the last time I purchased bush light. It's been years. So that one you got on Wednesday then was the one that really sent you to the dark side, huh? That, that's the one. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was I was sitting here finishing up the the final you know notes and in, in the outline, and I was thinking you know I should have some scotch, but I don't know if I want to go that hard tonight. And then I kept thinking, kept thinking kind of want a cold drink tonight so i yeah bush light here we go bush lights will work oh man and we got some uh some people popping off in the chat so far um already let's do this michael sharp good to see you sharp um saying pride night tomorrow night and at least his undefeated steak lives on yeah i think he meant streak um for showing up to union omaha matches and union omaha not losing so that's pretty good um also, Tim with Ranting Blue Penguin Media said, bold move there, Brian, wearing white before delivering your bloodbath. I can't talk. My bloodbath rant later. 
and uh yeah i mean it's gonna it, it's probably gonna be pretty bad um <laughs> tim saying steak is always undefeated oh, true <laughs> very true um and michael sharp i had a bush light on june 3rd at the omaha runs game okay all right all right not bad and then yes clarified also that he meant streak not steak yeah. either way though michael i mean you're not wrong either way just exactly like you're what tim wrong. said so yeah and Michael, if you meant to drop off the R, if you want to, like, next time you and I chat, just call me Itchin. You know, just drop the R's out of my name. It's not a big deal. I won't be offended. We're good. <laughs> I'll call you Michael Schapp. We're good. Right. Perfect. <laughs> All right. We have, so we have a, a bunch of topics we want to talk about tonight. Uh, oh, yeah. I threw in, like, a ton of questions that I wanted to ask Brian and while we were chatting before we started the broadcast tonight, I told him we could just go in random order on these questions. Because uh, it was sort of like, I don't know, it was, man, I was, when I was making this outline, it was like squirrel. Mm -hmm. Just like the ADHD was just kicking in and just looking at anything and everything and following any random influence that may have piqued my interest. Sure, sure. So I guess. I'll get it started. I'll just ask the general question. How was the, the getaway? Uh, my getaway um, was pretty good. Not too bad. Good. Uh, rode some rode some roller coasters, got to see some cool stuff. Um, and then we went to Legoland uh, down there in Kansas City as well, and they had cool dioramas of the whole stadium. Um, Children's Mercy, uh, Kaufman, and Arrowhead. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, nice. but yeah, I mean, it was well worth it and good to get off of Twitter for a little while, you know? Yeah. Did they have one built for the new women's stadium? Not yet, but I did get to see, uh, the new women's stadium as I was driving Ooh. by, um, construction's go, it's going really well. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, right there on the riverfront. So a big open end to the river. It's really sweet. It looks like they got most of the, uh, Looks like all the concrete's done and they're getting the majority of the steel work up now. So nice. It's looking cool. Liam uh, over at uh, Who Gives a Hoot has mentioned a few times on Twitter that uh, it's looking really, really good. Mm -hmm. I'll be excited um, to see one there. And then uh, the guy who covers both uh, Sporting Kansas City and the women's, uh, Casey Current, uh, Daniel Sperry. Yep. Oh, excuse me. Um, he's put some really cool behind the scenes stuff on Twitter as well. Oh yeah, Daniel's always doing great work. Um, yeah. Love, I love looking at his stuff because he's one of those guys that's kind of a staple in that that whole soccer sphere for Kansas City. Yep. So before the U.S. Open Cup match between Sporting and uh, Union Omaha, I got to to hang out with him and um, eat a uh, you know pre-match meal. That guy has like an encyclopedic knowledge of minor league baseball. It's incredible. Really. Yeah, it was it was astounding. Like I was, I was speechless because I don't know much at all about minor league baseball. But he and this other guy, I think he uh, had done some work in San Francisco. But those two were just going back and forth, like talking about the different franchises around the country and the history and interesting trivia and stuff like that. It was just really crazy. Because hmm. like I can, I feel like I can talk on that level about soccer. Sure. But if you ask me to talk on that level about any other sport, I would have a really tough time. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, those guys are insane. Um, especially guys that do it at such a high level. You got to figure their minds have to be an encyclopedia yeah. to even be able to make it in their jobs. So, um, yeah, yeah, all credit to him. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Do you want to take the next, or you want to get the next one going? Yeah. Let me. Uh... Okay. So we have a list here of matchups that we have not yet seen this season. Um, and I'm going to ask you which one are you looking forward to the most? There's quite a few options here. Um, yeah, there but, are. But for the folks at home, I'll uh, I'll say them out loud since you can see them here. Uh, first one being Charlotte and Noko. And they'll play in week 17, 20, and 25. Central Valley Fuego and Lexington. They play this upcoming week, the 22nd week, and the 26th week. Greenville and Northern Colorado, weeks 23 and 29. Lexington and Omaha, 19 and 21. Madison and Tormenta, 16, 20, and 23. NCFC and NOCO, 20, 24, and 28. And Omaha and Tormenta, week 15, 20, and 30. Oh, excuse me, and then one more here. One Knox and Richmond in week 15 and 30. So for me, the one that I'm looking forward to the most, I'm going to go with... Charlotte and NOCO. Those two both have some pretty crazy firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that would be an old school. I don't, I don't know if you would call it old school, but like a big 12 battle from back in like the early 2000s between like Texas Tech and Baylor or whatever. When they were there, it was just barn burners. Oh, yeah. Scoring 80 points. Those and- two. Yeah. Like it was like no defense. They're just like, we're just going to score seven touchdowns in the first half. Right. Try to keep up. I like that. I like that one. Um, so for me, I got to go. I mean, it's essentially in the same vein, but NCFC in Northern Colorado. Yeah. Those are two hot teams that uh, are sitting pretty in the table right now. So it's, I mean, essentially in the same vein. I just want to see um, how that firepower breaks out, too, because Noko looks damn good this year. And I mean, I'm, oh, I'm also intrigued by, I mean, once again, Northern Colorado and then Greenville, because Northern Colorado's awesome offense against Greenville's awesome defense. Tormenta, Madison, man, there's some good matchups that we haven't seen yet. Yeah, there really is. Um, one uh, one that may or may not be coming back later is Omaha and Tormenta as well. Um, that one's interesting, just the last two champions facing off against each other. That's always yeah. crazy to see. And Michael in the chat saying, uh, should we troll both the Ibis tomorrow? Oof. Oh, man. Man. You troll that at your own risk, man. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Bolt is not the one you want to be messing with. If you're not completely experienced with trolling, that is for sure. I am not putting myself on Bolt's radar. No, No, thank you. (laughs) No. But speaking of tomorrow, 
uh, Brian and I are going to have a special guest at our tailgate. Um, we just found out a couple days ago that uh, Nitra, uh, Darren's wife, um, is going to be at the the match tomorrow. So she's uh, going to meet up with us uh, before kickoff, and it's going to be a lot of fun to hang out with her. Hopefully, we'll give her a warm welcome yeah. um, to Omaha area. And I don't know, it's going to be a really fun night. Yeah, definitely. And that was really cool to find out that she was going to be out here. Because um, I know they both do and Darren do the uh, interchanging of what teams they're going to go and and watch and be with that week. So um, yep. really cool and really excited to uh, to finally meet Nitra. So yeah. So Darren will be in Alabama with Tormenta's women's uh, team, but he did say that he will be in Omaha uh, next month when Tormenta comes back to Omaha. So um, we'll get uh, we'll get to finally meet Nietzsche and then we'll get to see Darren again. So that'll, that'll be awesome. That'll be a lot of fun. Always a good time. Yeah. All right. Um, I want to ask you, okay. So we had some, some news uh, out of Chattanooga, you know, last week uh, they fired Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind it came out of nowhere. Cause as Mitchell Miram, you know, on Twitter at MJ Meerkat uh, noted, this is the fastest firing in league history at 12 games. The previous fastest was the coach over at Orlando City B at 19 games. Mm-hmm. So they made uh, a very hasty decision in firing him. Um, and it was also funny because when I was looking up articles, you know, surrounding his departure, the Chattanooga Times Free Press had a quote in their article that said, quote, with a franchise that management has stated, quote, can't afford to be bad, unquote, changes had to be made. That's a scathing review of how that club operates and how they felt he was operating within that club. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. Stings, man. I mean, it's not really wrong, though, when you think about it. Like, these, these clubs are operating on such small margins that, I mean, it, you can't afford to be bad. You just, you can't, yeah. because if you're bad, you're not drawing in people. And if you're not drawing in people, you ain't got to have a club for very long anyway. I don't think anybody wants to foot the bill for a third division soccer team for too long, at least. So, yeah. and is it is it rough? Yeah, it's definitely rough, but is it wrong? I don't think so. And it's, it's funny because Chattanooga fans show up to the den mm-hmm. and they show up, they make noise, they make it an, an intimidating atmosphere and they make it difficult for teams to, to come visit the, the Red Wolves and um, for them to, to stay loyal the way that they have. Um, they've been vocal on Twitter. I've seen, I've seen the, the tweets. I've seen mm-hmm. the messages. Um, but man, now we're going back to uh, Jimmy Weekly, if you guys recognize that name, there's a reason for that, because last year uh, when Jimmy Oblato was uh, dismissed midseason, uh, Jimmy Weekly uh, took over. And um, so he took over the last 14 regular season matches and guided them to six wins, five draws and three losses, taking them from eighth place when he took over the club to fourth place. Uh, making the playoffs, defeating Union Omaha in the quarters, Richmond in the semis, and then ultimately losing to Tormenta in the finals. So 
weekly. I mean, there's okay. So there's a bunch of storylines here. I mean, mm-hmm. first off, do you agree with? I mean, it sounds like you agree with Ziggy being, uh, you know, fired. Yes, yes, and no. Um, it's tough with a you know a first year coach in this league. Um, that being said, it it it's more than just wins and losses. It's kind of the the writing on the wall. Um, you could tell players weren't really buying into the system. Um, players weren't performing at a high enough level, and. I mean, when that happens, you you have to make a change. Um, I'm just a little bit shocked as to why they didn't just give Jimmy Weekly the job after last season anyway. I know I said that going in um, to the last few weeks of the season that he, if he makes a run in the playoffs that he should have the, the head coaching job, and it didn't happen, and it led him right back to him, unfortunately, for, for Chattanooga. Do you think there was any image preservation involved due to some of the off the field distractions uh, that we won't discuss? <laughs> I, I mean, man, it, there had to have been something in a like in a clause or something. Um, but then again, he did. He, he obviously stayed around, yeah. and they brought him back in. So. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It had to. It had to have been a, something internally, but um, I mean, his his record kind of speaks for itself, really. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so let me ask you this: in a recent um, match summary that I was reading through to get some stats and everything, they had seven players listed in their injury report. Now, three of them did play. I think they, that was against Lexington, the one that I was looking at. If you have seven players in your, in your injury report, you know, three do get minutes. Mm-hmm. Do you think, excuse me. Man, sorry. Bush Light is coming up. That'll happen. Do you think any of those supposed injuries, whether we can, you know, speculate on that kind of stuff. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. Do you mm-hmm. think there's any of those injuries? Like you said, players aren't buying into the system and just flat out didn't want to play for Ziggy. I mean, it's always, it's always a, a possibility or a worry. Um, when you kind of see the, the writing on the wall and you see just kind of the way that they've been playing, um, they just haven't been, competitive really um so i mean you can speculate and say that that's probably part of it and that might be part of it for some of the players but at the same time they're still also getting paid to play so they're they should be professional about it and you would like to think that they are um and you'd like to think nothing like that happens but maybe instead of being in sixth gear for the entire match they stay in fifth you know yeah maybe just not give that little extra effort Okay, so let's look at the current standings. Let me click over here. Chattanooga has 13. They have played 13 matches. Mm-hmm. So that means they have 19 remaining. Can Weekly write the ship? Uh, I mean, Does he have the players? He did it last year, right? Yeah. Granted, but significantly more talent. Players. 
Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Significantly more talent, um, including one of our favorite guys, Mensingen. Um, yep. I think he's got the players to get a run going. I don't know if they can make that big of a run up the table. Um, granted, it is pretty close, um, but he would be hard pressed to really to really do anything with this team this season other than not finish in last place if it's if it were up to me that would be the goal is just not to embarrass yourself yeah and they play charlotte tomorrow so i mean they're yeah they're stepping in front of a, a firing squad that's for sure yeah that's definitely not something you want to have coming in top one of the top teams in the league in their favor though they are playing at home and as let's see let me take a look and see how chattanooga is doing at home mm -hmm. uh chattanooga at home they're fourth in total points and they are fifth in average points per match at home so they churn out some results at home yeah they got a shot um yeah like you said earlier, the den gets rocking with those guys out there. So uh, the fans are going to bring that energy and yeah. maybe this is a springboard. And on the flip side, Charlotte is eighth in both total points on the road, as well as points per match on the road. So mm -hmm. maybe a little bit of favor turning toward their way. Could be, that could be a huge springboard. Um, and Tim uh, saying, if the performance from Wednesday is any indication, no, not a chance. <laughs> it's true. Well, luckily for them, they aren't going to be facing Liam McKinnon. Right. Guy just went off. <laughs> a hat trick by, what was it, like the 21st or 22nd minute? Just it, insane. It was quick, that's for sure. Yeah. All right, so another question about Chattanooga then. Uh, let me get sure. back down to... Well, I guess I don't know. I'm trying to think of, I'm trying to think of what I was going to ask about Chattanooga. Well, I got one. Hidden. I got one here from uh, Tim, and this yeah. was kind of talking about with um, with the can't afford to be bad changes had to be made thing. Um, Tim's opinion is it sounds like they're worried or getting good competition from Chattanooga FC. Do you think that True. had a little bit of a part to play in that as well? I mean. When you have somebody across town that is also trying to operate a professional club, you know, even if they're not playing in the same league as you, yeah, there's going to be an influence. And you're trying to draw fans away. You're trying to get more promotions, trying to steal that, that fan territory. So, yeah, I, I think it played into their decision. Mm -hmm. Whether it was a driving force or not, I don't think so, but... um but even if it was like a subconscious type of of deal, yeah, I, I think it was it was a a factor in the decision making process. Yeah, that's a slippery slope to be going down when you start comparing yourself to another club, um, especially another club in your town. Um, I don't think that's somewhere anybody wants to be going with that. Um, yeah, what's the latest transfer news on Everton? Yeah, couldn't tell you. <laughs> See, 
that's that's the stuff, man. You don't want to know what's going on across town. Nah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and Anfield and Everton, like, man, you can like throw a stone and hit their stones. Yeah. yeah, it's a definition of a stone's throw, right? Yeah. And uh, Tim also saying in chat, Chattanooga FC beat a USLC team in the Open Cup this year and made it further and is on the upswing. So Oof. could very yeah. well be didn't, true. Didn't Chattanooga FC beat uh, Menace in the first No, that was a different Chattanooga team, wasn't it? I'm not sure, to be honest with you. The, I know Des Moines Menace played in Chattanooga, but maybe it wasn't against either of these two i can't remember mm -hmm. i'd have to go look but yeah i don't think after wednesday i'm allowed to talk to a whole lot of des moines menace fans to be honest with you really what happened oh that uh i guess uh one of the one of the people that came from des moines um let me know that the people that i was having a an argument with in the stands were menace fans and not one Knox fans so um, obviously Knoxville has two players that used to play for the menace. So there's, there's going to be a little bit of, uh, yeah. a little bit of a rooting interest there, but, um, yeah. So I got into a bit of a screaming match on Wednesday with a few fans. Um, were they sitting in my seats? Cause I gave some Des Moines menace fans. <laughs> no, they were, there were three that were, uh, Three of them that were sitting uh, about three rows ahead of me, and then in the center of the the section. But yeah, I said, I don't remember. I don't remember how it went off. I just know that they started saying something, or I started saying something, and then they said the refs have been giving us calls all night. Just look at that free kick or something like that. And I was like, well, the keeper can't defend a near post free kick. That's something under sixes learn. And so then it was just kind of devolved from there but that's awesome in my defense i was pretty pretty drunk so <laughs> in my defense <laughs> i didn't say anything bad it just I, all i said was he should have known how to defend his near post that's it <laughs> that was a beautiful free kick though i mean oof that was It'll delicate happen. Uh, getting back to Chattanooga, they took Birmingham, yeah. Birmingham Legion to penalties and lost, but had them on the ropes. So, oh, okay. Still, still. Not oh, bad. speaking of Birmingham Legion, um, uh, I'm sending a, a scarf to uh, Kaler on Monday because nice. he posted that that picture of his his scarf collection. Mm-hmm. And I, I tossed in the ideas that the the idea that he should have a Union Omaha scarf up there too. So definitely I'm send him one on Monday. Perfect. Yeah. That is perfect. Looking forward to that. Um, so let's see here. I'm gonna jump in here and ask you about the team that just drew Union Omaha on Wednesday night. How are you feeling about one Knox? Are they actually for real? I think they're a playoff contender. I don't think they'll get in, but they're right there. They have been pretty much all season. So I, I put some stats here. Let's read them off to you. Mm -hmm. um, they just had a, in week 14, they had a two zero victory at home versus Charlotte. 
In their last three, they have five points. In their last five uh, matches, they have six points. Mm -hmm. Their highest ranking of this season was first place, but we have to put an asterisk there because it was after week one when not every club had played. Now, after the fact, when every club had played at least one match, the highest they've ever, um, you know, placed on in the league standings is third. And the lowest they've ever been is ninth, uh, as recent as week nine. So when you look at their average placement, they've been sitting between fifth and sixth place pretty much throughout the entire season. Mm -hmm. So they're right on that playoff line. And they've, they haven't been doing it, making a ton of noise. They've been quietly productive and gathering results along the way. I mean, they're consistently a threat week to week and they're making a case for being a playoff team, whether they ultimately get in is another question. Um, if you're asking me, I don't think they will, but they're making a damn good case uh, for why they should be in. Mm -hmm. especially coming off a 2-0 victory at home versus Charlotte. I mean, that's that's a bullet point on the resume, that's for sure. Yeah, that's that's nothing to really mess with. Um I agree with you. I don't think they're they're going to finish inside the playoff line. Um they they have a good defense, obviously, um, and know how to play that defense. But again, it's like when we talked about them a few weeks ago, I don't think they have enough gas in the tank to go an entire season, uh, at least not right now. Um, I could be wrong, but they do have, I mean, they do have a good enough squad to make the playoffs. Whether or not they actually will, I, I still just don't see them being able to do it. Uh, yeah. Not not with the players that they currently have um, or the, the conditioning that they currently have. I think give them a year and then they should be pretty decent next year. Yeah. And their game plan against Union Omaha was a good one. I'm not mm -hmm. going to lie. It was a good one. They were compact top yep. to bottom. They were their lines were very tight. And when Union Omaha had the ball in the middle of the field, they were compact even, you know, from le left side of the field to the right side. The width of the, of the field, they condensed that. Mm -hmm. And Warner Park is not a big field. No. So for them to condense their players the way that they did, they were shutting down passing lanes. They were shutting down windows for, for shots. They were forcing all the traffic outside and they were playing right into Union Omaha's hand because Union Omaha loves to operate along the sidelines. They love to cross the ball in and Union Omaha's tactic is also their weakness because Union Omaha crosses tons of balls into the box, but they can't finish. Mm -hmm. And so one knocks went in with the idea that we may not win, but we can draw. We know we can draw. And that doesn't hurt us very much. If Union Omaha draws, that hurts them because they're still at the bottom of the, the league standings. Yep. And so it's going to take a whole lot more to get them back into a playoff position than it will for one knocks. Mm -hmm. So I, I think they went in with the right mentality. I think they planned it. 
just right and they executed it just right and you cannot get mad at one Knox, their their player for flopping in the extra time i mean you can yes of course yes but if you're that one Knox player and you're looking for opportunities on goal and you have that opportunity and someone is giving the reason a ref to make that call flop Mm -hmm. bait the call take a chance there was that rare moment we very rarely see embellishment called and um penalized with you know awarded with a yellow card but we saw it and they tried it again Mm -hmm. and that time they they were awarded the pk i mean it's it's a risk you know high risk oh man sorry but you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that that referee all night had been one of the best pro referees I've ever seen in League One. I mean, calls were being made, but they were being made consistently both ways. Um, there wasn't anything really to complain about. Um, and I heard a lot of Union Omaha fans in the stands saying, oh, well, this guy's so good up and till that penalty call and then he was the worst ref ever and that's one of the most annoying things in the world that you can't just you can't shit on a guy's entire performance because of one perceived blown call yeah um but i mean this is that's just how it goes and like you said knoxville did exactly um what they had to do to get out of omaha with a point and um it looks like they did their homework because I mean, I know Omaha likes to try to cross the ball in, but knowing that Omaha's success rate on those is so low and they're, uh, Omaha, they, they snuffed it out because Omaha's success rate on crosses in this match was 13%. Granted the league average is not that high. The league average is like 27 or 28%, but when it's, 15 percentage points lower than the league average i mean goddamn, they just manhandled them inside the box and i don't even think it was so much that one Knox did anything particularly special in the box they just got got pressure on the ball trying to cross the ball in and forced bad crosses mm-hmm. and also consider this you know maha doesn't connect a lot on a lot of crosses when they do connect, Union Omaha takes a lot of shots. They do not convert a lot of those shots. Yeah. So for Union or for One Knox to say, we're going to bunker down, we're going to have a ton of players in the box um, for any incoming crosses. If your players happen to get a hold of one, it's still a low likelihood that they're going to be able to, to score. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, One Knox, they came in with the right attitude. And Tim... You know, in the chat is saying here, um, didn't realize they outshot, outpossessed, and outpassed Union Omaha. It didn't seem it. I agree. It didn't seem that way. No, they were operating in their own half for the majority of the match, which is also something yeah. that was crazy to see because Union Omaha generally does not, is about a 50 50 team inside their own half and inside the opponent's half. And in this match, it was more like 70 30 for Union Omaha in the opponent's half versus their own half. So yeah. they just 
Knoxville had that plan and they knew exactly how to beat Union Omaha, or I mean, at least to draw Union Omaha, and they they did it. And they made them take shots outside the box, which is not a very high success rate shot anyway. Yeah. So the majority of Omaha's shots were outside the box, and it just so happened that one of those was a free kick outside the box that went in. Um, but it never really felt like, aside from maybe one or two occasions, that Omaha threatened that badly against this Knoxville defense. Yeah. And one Knox is, uh, are they traveling? Yeah, they're traveling to City Stadium tomorrow to, to, to face Richmond. That's going to be a fun one. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a fun one because Richmond has that good offense. Um, I was chatting with, uh, you know, some people on, on Twitter earlier today. And um, I think Alex was in that discussion too. And, um, you know, they were talking about what tactics to use against one Knox. And my, my suggestion to the, to the discussion was Richmond's strength is their movement of the ball mm-hmm. on top of their one V one, you know, success, successful dribbles. And so if one Knox starts to condense their defensive lines like that, move the ball around, draw their defense out. And then as soon as they do that, like that's, that's your opportunity to, to strike quickly. Mm-hmm. And Richmond can build their attacks very quickly with the players and the skills that they have. Um, so, I mean, I, that was my suggestion to the discussion of how they should go about making it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some other uh, good suggestions in that discussion, but yeah, that's going to be a fun one to watch. And it has implications on, you know, how things develop down the line too. Yeah, it it really does. Um, with them sitting fourth and fifth in the table, both on twenty points. I mean, it, and then you know the winner of that match theoretically, if Charlotte or Madison doesn't do anything, move all the way up to second place or tied with for first with NCFC. Yeah. So there's quite a bit of <laughs> of shifting around in this this match, and that just also kind of goes to show how condensed this middle of this table is right now as well i mean what you have four points separating first through seventh i mean and then of course you get down eighth through twelfth and it's just a a dumpster fire right now but um still i guess within striking distance but um one knocks really has the opportunity tomorrow to kind of take this season by the horns and really really make it what they want it to be and this could be the moment where they prove whether or not they're pretenders or contenders yeah and with their defense they're going to need it tomorrow um mm-hmm. but one Knox has has a good defense and uh i think they'll be up to the challenge it's going to be a really fun one to watch yeah i agree and what time let's see they play at six eastern time Omaha. So Omaha kicks off an hour after them. So, okay, I'll be able to watch some of it. Some of it. Definitely. Cool. Well, we'll, uh, we'll move on since we were just talking about Richmond and, uh, we'll talk about the Henny Derby match. Um, Oof. Ma- uh, Madison taking care of business, beating Richmond one nil and winning the Henny Derby and, Oh, Rich, uh, I didn't watch this yet, but I have heard pretty much everything about it. So I'm going to let you jump in here and 
we're going to see a real special treat here, guys. We got a uh, a rich rant coming right now. <laughs> um, I am very, very happy that I watched the Henny Darby. Um, for all the wrong reasons. It was a fun match to watch. And I'm so glad that I had my phone open and Twitter open pretty much the entire time, too. Um, especially in the 24 hours following the Henny Darby. There were a lot of interesting discussions. But even during the match, this was a lesson in how not to broadcast a match. Um, the person who was calling that match, I'm not going to say their name was just bad was atrocious did not give the proper respect to yogi or kyle or the fan bases between the two clubs anyone else involved in the development of that rivalry this is the best rivalry in league one brian and i aren't even associated with Ford Madison or Richmond. And here we are saying, yeah, full respect to that rivalry. It's the best one in league one for so many reasons. And that broadcast did nothing to highlight any of it. Not only that, but the broadcaster didn't even say any of the, the names of the people involved in the development of the rivalry got the entire history of the, the Derby wrong. And then was mispronouncing names of players for both sides on numerous occasions. He had multiple pronunciations for single players throughout the entire match. Now, we, we are very thankful to have Ross Davenport on our side. Sorry, Devonport on our side. See, there I go, mispronouncing <laughs> stuff. We're very lucky to have Ross on our side because he feeds us information when we are wrong, when we mispronunciate uh, any names of players from other clubs. And we are very thankful for that because it keeps us honest. But at the same time, we're not getting paid for any of this. The guy who was broadcasting the Henny Derby was getting paid and he was butchering butchering names i mean you couldn't even he couldn't even say terzaghi it was just it was bad it was so bad i even texted uh the group chat with brian and chip and i said man i i don't know if i can keep the commentary on i, I feel like i want to mute this and it wasn't even halftime it was it was bad it was so bad yeah yeah i will say and Full credit to him because he did come out afterwards and say that he did not do the research like he should have. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, at least there was something there of an attempt to rectify the situation. Um, but yeah, that's the league's biggest rivalry, the league's most organic rivalry. Um, just to not take the opportunity to highlight everything that it means. Um, and everything that that goes into that derby and the people that are involved in it um both crazy supportive fan bases i mean it was just it was a disservice to them 
Um, and you hate to see it, and that's hopefully something that USL can learn from and move on um, yeah. and move past and hopefully rectify that quicker than sooner rather than later. Um, yeah. But yeah, I completely agree with everything you said. And the, uh, the 24 hours afterwards, following on Twitter, uh, seeing the way that Kyle and Yogi and Ebony was in town too, uh, to hang out with everybody and enjoy the, the sights and sounds surrounding the Derby to see their reactions to the broadcast. Um, yeah, you feel bad. I mean, they're they're taking a very humor humorous way about um, dealing with the the broadcast and everything, but you can tell that that they were upset about the way the broadcast went. Christian Cheney even went on Twitter and was calling out the broadcaster. Um, it was just it was just bad. Yeah, and I and I feel bad for. For the fan bases, for everybody involved in the in the derby, it was just it was bad. Yeah, mm -hmm. flat yeah. out. I agree. Um, so I mean, um, that... but also credit to uh, Rob Chapel up in uh, uh, talking flock for tracking down the the person behind the broadcast, like you mm -hmm. said for um, you know pulling out that apology and and bringing awareness to the to the issue. Right, and I mean you have to do that that. I mean, that's just how it's going to be fixed. Um, yeah. But yeah, so um, good on Rob for doing that as well. Uh, but that also brings up the question that if anybody in the podcasting sphere or the blogging sphere or anything were offered the opportunity to provide color commentary matches, how many of them do you think would and would you do it yourself? I would 100% do it. And I hope every single podcaster would take that opportunity as well. Uh, not only for the fact that it would be such a great opportunity, um, personally, professionally, it would be such a great opportunity. Uh, but it would also bring a different dynamic to the broadcast to have a, a fan involved. I know that the broadcasters have their inherent biases. Um, I know that they may, you know, slightly root for a team while trying to remain unbiased, uh, in their, their commentary. Um, but to have an out and out fan, you know, involved in, in the commentary, they could get colorful. Yeah. I mean, you would have to make sure there's no, you know, discriminatory, hurtful, um, obscene language and all that kind of stuff, but mm. I think the the amount of passion um, and descriptors used uh, might be different than what the broadcasters use, and it may be it may bring a, a a more entertaining element to the to the you know to the occasion. I think mm -hmm. it would be fun. I would yeah. certainly do it. I would jump at the opportunity in a heartbeat. Yeah, as as would I. Um, and Tim also saying hashtag watch alongs and hashtag alternative commentary. Um, yeah, I mean, that's that's something that we can do um, in our our fan sphere. But at the same time, too, it sometimes logistically, it just does not work out for us to be able to do a watch along, especially when 
every single match is going on around the same time. So you have to really catch certain people in the content creator sphere for League One on the right days to get stuff like that. Um, And then it also comes down to a lot of people just want to watch the match at their favorite bar and the bars aren't going to put on some random dipshits commentary for, you know, a match. Like, I don't... Yeah. My voice in a bar is not going to be that great. So, um... But yeah, I mean, it, it. it's something that would be really cool to see. Um, now, will we ever see it? No, probably not. But yeah, um, it is definitely something that would be cool. I'm also a person that when I watch soccer matches, I get very excited. Uh, and I'm. it doesn't take much to pull me out of my seat and get me jumping up and reacting strongly to everything that's happening. Um. So especially when we did our watch along, I mean, I was, I, I, I felt bad because I felt like I was like yelling into to the mic the whole night. Yeah. Um, but man, I mean, that that's kind of the stuff that, you know, entertains people that, that gets them going and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, that, that's just my style. I would be very animated in that, yeah. in that realm, I think. Well, you know, we'll have to we'll have to throw up a a Twitter poll and see if if we can get some more interest in what that interest looks like for alternative yeah. commentary, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can't make that happen. If the soccer gods allow it to happen, I guess I, <laughs> is the way to put it. So, yeah. um, I mean, it doesn't cost us anything to do a watch along or you know provide that alternative commentary. Right. And unfortunately, I mean, with with ESPN being um, a part of the almighty Mickey Mouse. Yeah. (laughs) um, I don't even know the correct term to use, so I'm just going to say under Disney. um, It really limits your options as far as watch alongs. It really just has to be our faces while you watch the match somewhere else, um, which kind of limits that. and it, I mean, even after the fact with copyright laws with Disney, it, they you got to be pretty solid on it or have the money to fight it back if they ever did say anything about it. So, yeah, but that's, we'll that's find out. Climb I do not want to battle. Yeah, no, I I don't have the funds for for a battle like that. But yeah, if there is interest for it, of course, yeah, I would love to do to do another watch along or alternative commentary to a union Omaha match or any other, other match as well. So yeah, I'd be open to it. That'd be fun. Oh, right. Oh, so as, uh, what, so one element of broadcast that I would like to see in the future, um, I know that this was going to be one of our, uh, next questions here. Mm-hmm. If they would do more, if they would, even if they did like a mini segment at halftime or even just the lead in um, highlighting whatever rivalry is going to be happening, whether it's the Henny Derby, the Peach State Derby, the um, what, what's the North Carolina one? Uh, is that the Dogwood? Dogwood Derby. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just any sort of an effort to highlight the the fan bases, the, the rivalry, the culture of USL league one, even if, you know, those, 
some of those derbies just came about this year. That's fine, whatever. But just highlight the the relationship those clubs have, the fan bases. You know, try to bring more of the League One culture to the surface rather than just being a flat out broadcast. Now, I know that budgets are an issue and all that kind of stuff, but you know, it'd be it'd be a unique spin to to the approach. I'm not asking for a whole Apple Plus, you know, production value. I'm just asking for, you know, a little more than superficial coverage of of the soccer match. That's all. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, it, you really don't have to look that far for um, for people that are knowledgeable about it. I mean, if you look at just just the podcast sphere um, for League One, damn near every team is represented by someone. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm willing to bet that the majority of those people, if asked by the league, Hey, can you provide a five minute commentary about this Derby and what it means to both sides? And we'll throw it up and, and just use that as your, your ticker. I mean, I, speaking for myself, I would instantly do that. I would throw together a little five minute segment for something like that easily. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's just something that expands the league and it's something that brings that, that extra little bit of drama that everybody loves. I mean, you know, college football is huge in in the U S obviously. And what do they do? They have an entire week that dedicated to rivalries and every time it's a rivalry, you know about it and they talk about the history of it. And like you said, no, where nobody here is asking, Hey, make a hour long lead in on, just like Apple Plus does the same production values in a studio. Like, no, nobody's asking for that. But exactly like what you said, that little five-minute blurb at the beginning or mid-match, whatever it is, just something to just highlight the the parody and all the cool stuff that actually goes around this league that may not be known by people that are just casual fans or people that, like the owner of bottles and barrels today that I talked to that didn't even know that Omaha had a professional soccer team. Yeah. Or at least had heard of them, but thought they were an amateur team that played every once in a while. Yeah. And the folks over at Walker 90, I mean, they spoon fed league one, the opportunity for this, this segment because Kyle traveled to Richmond. I mean, Mm -hmm. Ebony was in Richmond. I mean, you had, walk in 90 people right there these people are entrenched in this in this rivalry in this in this derby i mean that would have been prime opportunity even if it was just you know hey it's match day just come in for 30 minutes let's get some b-roll footage let's get some you know a five minute interview with everybody and just we'll cut and splice everything and put it in like throw it into the broadcast in the evening yep they had that opportunity it was it was right there for the taking and I, you know, I'm going to throw this in there too. Juneteenth was in, into the, you know, into the occasion as well. And they had that opportunity to play into the culture of the, the Derby and the people involved, but they didn't respect that either. So it was just not good all around. Yeah. Well, I mean, just the league's got to, I mean, embrace the people that are here for your league. I mean, we yeah. don't, you and I don't get paid to do this podcast. We do this podcast because we love the the league and we love interacting with everybody. And 
that's it. Like it, it's nothing that, um, it's nothing too crazy to maybe even reach out to the people that do this for fun for you and say, Hey, do you mind doing something on the side of your own show just to grow the game or to grow the league? And I mean, again, personally, absolutely. You want me to do something that'll help the league out? Sure. Yeah. It's like, that's why we do the show. So yeah, they have, I know budgets are an issue and I know all that, but they do have people around the, the sphere that are willing to help and I'm sure would be willing to help out. Yeah. And after our recent interview with uh, John Bradford uh, over at North Carolina, he even sent a, a thank you email to us, you know, saying, you know, thanks for letting me on the show. Um, I'll continue watching, listening to you guys. And we immediately responded like, Hey, if there's anything we can do for your club, let us know because we want to, you know, be there to help and support the leagues across or the, the clubs across the league mm-hmm. to help grow awareness, support everything uh, involved with league one. I mean, yeah, we have our inherent bias. We root for Union Omaha, you know, first and foremost, but mm-hmm. yeah, we want to highlight and and help support the league too. Yeah. I'm not above talking shit on the team that I support. <laughs> yeah. Trust uh, me. Wait till the end folks. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Let's see. It's a nice long segment. Um, so we've got another another good question here um, that you came up with. I'm going to send it to you because I think everybody kind of knows my, my thoughts on it already. Um, but what do you think about Central Valley? Are they poised to be making a run here pretty soon? Yes. I think they are. Um, they're another team that I don't think will make the playoffs, but uh, they're going to bring some storylines to the league here pretty soon. Um, I, when they, the, the way that they played against Greenville, um, I, I see, I had Greenville winning that match. Um, so I, I had, Greenville delaying that that run by a week and who does they play Northern Colorado this week. Oof, that's gonna be yeah. Northern Colorado is gonna delay that run another week. Um but this team is poised for a run. When you watch that midfield, they were doing okay, so I'm I'm not exaggerating. The way that they were operating their their link up play, they were straight up taking notes from uh action we see on Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings with Premier League live, you know, that you see on Peacock and um, other European leagues. I mean, the, the, oh man, excuse me. The way that their midfielders would, so they would get the ball, work in transition, but they would drop the ball um, from the midfield to the back line bring the opposing team uh, up toward the back line to apply pressure. And in doing so, they would open up space behind them. So they were constantly working in those half spaces, building up the the field and they were rotating their midfielders throughout. So it was like these, uh, a series, a, a couple of short passes and then a long pass to, to go 10, 20 yards. 
couple short passes, one long pass to get up, uh, you know, travel further up the field. They were slowly but and methodically moving up the field against a quality Greenville team. And Greenville is known for their midfielders. They are known for their defense. Mm-hmm. And Central Valley was exposing Greenville's midfield. And it was so much fun to watch. Like I, that was one that really took me by surprise. Um, especially in the second half, when you watch Fuego going at Greenville, oof, it was fun. Mm-hmm. It was fun. I was getting really interested. I really thought that uh, Fuego was going to uh, carry that one to a draw. I, I didn't think that they were going to be able to, to pull off the win, but man, I was, I really thought they were going to get that draw. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, st- really starting to click um, and kind of play the actual style of soccer that they probably set out to at the beginning of the season. So, I mean, it took them a little while to, to start gelling. Granted, it's not an FC Tucson level of needing to gel and then pulling it out toward way at the end of the season. Um, But yeah, I'm, I'm still not super high on them. I just I don't think that they have all the necessary pieces to go on a a big run. I think they have the pieces to ruin some people's seasons potentially um and make things interesting. But um man, they're going to look good doing it and they're going to they're going to make it difficult for some of these teams for sure. So I will I will say this. I do not think Fuego is going to be the wooden spoon winner this year. That's fair. Um, I, yeah, I don't think they will. And I, I wish during the broadcast after the final whistle whistle, they would have shown uh, Vasquez approaching Harks. Cause I bet Harks was like, Oh man, we barely got by it. And Vasquez is like, man, we almost fucking got you, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I almost did too. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, man, and it is kind of what it is. Um, man, Central Valley is going to be one of those that's going to be super tough to to really pinpoint how to play that team because they, their style can change. They're, they're kind of a chameleon team in that way. Yes, they there have the are. things that they like to do, but they're not opposed to completely changing their style of play to have a better chance at beating a team that they probably should which is what you got to do especially if you're going to play spoiler which i think they're going to um so case in point the 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 home match before greenville was their one uh their two to one loss to richmond in that one uh when they played richmond it was fast and loose i mean they were charging up the field versus richmond so like you said they're a chameleon team Mm -hmm. um yeah. Fuego. They're going to be interesting. Like I said, they're not going to make the playoffs, but they're going to be interesting to watch. They're going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree for sure. All right. So let me ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. With Madison giving up two goals to Lexington, they finally went above, they finally got themselves into two into double digits for goals allowed on the, on the season. Mm -hmm. So we only have one club left. 
That is in single digits for goals conceded, and that is Northern Colorado. They seven. currently sit at seven goals mm-hmm. conceded. How many more matches do you think it'll take for them to get to double digits? Oof. Well, let's see. We'll look at their um, their schedule. To be fair, they were down 1-0 to South Georgia before the game got suspended. That's true. So, yeah. theoretically, it should be 8, but it is 7. Um, they've got Central Valley tomorrow. On the 4th, they have the Independence. The 8th, they have Chattanooga. And the 11th, they have One Knox. Oof. Three goals. And then after one knocks, they come to Omaha. Ooh, we'll have to reach out to Linners and Woozer to see if those guys are coming. Hopefully oh, they'll be able to come for that one. Oh, no. Omaha goes to goes Northern to Colorado. Yep. Mm-hmm. Shoot. Oh, I need to start planning that trip then. <laughs> glad, glad I could remind you of that one, Rich. Shit. Um, <laughs> I honestly, I think, I think they have at least until, I want to say they'll keep that going until at least one knocks. So they'll get past Fuego, Independence, Chattanooga, and Knoxville without conceding three in that time frame. Okay. I just, I, they're just a really, really good team right now. Um, yeah. And they could even go further than that. I'm just, I, I feel like personally, if they'll probably at least get a goal dropped on them against Charlotte, just because that's kind of what Charlotte does. Yeah. Um, but then everybody else, I mean, not a lot of high scoring, a lot of high scoring teams in that that bunch that they have coming up to remind you when Northern Colorado came to Omaha, it was a three, two victory for Omaha. Mm-hmm. So there were plenty of goals in that one. Yep. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to say that I think they make it all the way to one knocks without being, without jumping up to 10 to 10 conceded. Wow. So that's all the way till July 11th. Yeah. Man, don't let me down, Northern Colorado. <laughs> or if they can go past that, and then Omaha can drop three on them, and then that's fine too. But yeah, I'll go with that. I'll go with I have confidence in their defense to hold out until July 11th. All right, there's your prediction, folks. Yeah, write it down. Write it down. Yeah. All right, so I think we're on to our last question here, our last topic here. Double check. The only thing that... Yes, we are. The only thing that I put into the outline was Union Omaha. That's the conversation starter. That's it. (laughs) Again, sorry, guys, if you're not Union Omaha fans, this part's going to get pretty pretty heavy. Um, But I guess you probably all knew that that was coming anyway. So I texted Brian this morning 
and told him pretty much exactly what I was going to say here and now. My belief is if Yuninomaha loses to Tormenta tomorrow, okay, let me back up a little bit. If the the goal or expectation of Yuninomaha fans is for the club to make the playoffs, if Union Omaha loses to Tor- Tormenta tomorrow, I fully believe Union Omaha will miss the playoffs. Um, the reason I say that is because, like Brian said earlier in the broadcast, there are four points separating first from seventh. There are four points separating seventh to eighth. And then there are five points separating eighth to 12th the teams seventh seventh to first don't show any signs of slowing down those teams are chugging through uh their schedules like they're producing results on a consistent basis we haven't been given a whole lot of reason to believe that union omaha is is ready to start getting consistent three points out of their opponent. And if Tormenta wins tomorrow, that would put them at 18 points, five points ahead of Union Omaha. That's two matches that Union Omaha would have to win just to get above Tormenta. That's not talking about the the clubs that are actually in playoff position ahead of them. Mm-hmm. So for me, if Union Omaha loses, they're out of the playoffs tomorrow. Um, that's my full belief. Um, we're not even halfway through the season, and and that's that's my my belief. At that point, and I know you're going to hate this, Union Omaha. And the fan base needs to alter the mindset to, all right, it sucks to admit it, but we're out. We just need to focus on Coach Dom solidifying his system, making sure that all the players know their roles, know their responsibilities, can play as a cohesive unit, find the players who are going to be sticking around for next season and making sure that they are getting the the reps, getting the minutes um, to start preparing for next season. It sucks that we're not even in July and I'm already talking about preparing for next season, but that's where we're at. Um, and I, Brian, I know that you're not a, a trust the system kind of guy. You want results here now and, I, and I'm right there with you. Um, but like I said, if Union Omaha loses tomorrow, I think they're out of the playoffs. Yeah. Um, you're a hundred percent right. I am not a trust the process system, uh, trust the process kind of guy. <laughs> um, and, uh, shout out to Cotter. Um, he knows being a 76ers fan that the trust the process stuff don't not always work. Um, sorry, man, I had to get that, that one shot in there. Um, but no, I'm not, I've, I've, I've never been a, a trust the process kind of guy. I don't, 
I don't like seeing the, okay, it's eventually going to click for us. It's eventually going to click for us. I've seen Husker football coaches say that. It's going to click. Just give it time. It's going to click. And then you're five years later and you've won six games. Like, it, no, it just, it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me. Um, and it, it's, it wouldn't be such a big deal if Omaha is sitting 10th in the table just because they don't have talent. They weren't able to cultivate talent. They, um, I mean, you can throw every excuse in the book. And I mean, Dom does have the, the benefit of he did get here late because Mims decided to leave as late as he did and kind of left Union Omaha out to dry. Um, and I know that's, that's going to piss off of some, some people in the fan base that are, that are super, um, obviously Jay did amazing things for this, um, for this club, but he left Omaha in a shitty position. And I mean, that's his choice. That's his, um, that's his right It's having a contract to be able to terminate that contract whenever he feels like he needs to. Um, but it left us in and quite a bind. And when you only give a coach who wants to completely change your system a couple months and a group of players that were not meant to run a complete possession system, you get runs like this from, Union Omaha, where it's it's not a talent issue. The players are talented, obviously. Half of the team are championship winning team like teammates. So um it's just it's really shitty to see that this this whole thing comes down to exactly what I said when I brought the ramp back effort. And it's it's just it's not there, and Omaha definitely needs to to find that piece that's missing. And I'm not going to sit here and just want to let results happen as they come. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to be super patient all season because this fan base and this team hasn't known anything but relative success the entire time. Um, you can call that kind of like a, a stuck up fandom way of looking at it or whatever, but it's the truth. Omaha has not missed the playoffs since their inception. It has gone to two finals since their inception. Um, and it's something I would like to continue. I'm sure the players want to continue. I'm sure the front office does, and I'm sure Coach Dom does. Um, but something's got to give. At a certain point, we have to really look at what the issue is, and if the issue is maybe some players that have, are fan favorites aren't producing on the field, then they don't need to be on the field sucks but that's just how it is and i'm gonna and we're not and we're not sitting here you know dogging on you know maha saying that we're ending our 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 fandom no not we're 100 fans i mean i still plan on going to as many you know club sponsored events as i can like the team talks and all that kind of stuff i want to go to all those mm-hmm. um we missed the uh the one here recently because we were interviewing john bradford but I still plan on going to as many of the events as I can and trying to support the club as much as I can, because that's, that's, that's my fandom. Like that's, that's what I'm here for. You know, I still want to continue writing about the club. I still want to um, continue having those opportunities, but looking at it from a logical standpoint, that's where I sit. Mm-hmm. 
yeah and had tim with ranting blue penguin media um just kind of echoing that and coming back to what we said at the beginning of the season um a loss tomorrow puts union omaha at one point per game we said at the start of the season 1.5 points per game would be playoff worthy so you're sitting half a point off of even playoff worthiness that's not even talking about how many teams are going to be in that 1.5 points per game area um so even getting there isn't a guarantee but Omaha has this season has that innate ability to snatch draws from the jaws of victory and I've said that and I'll continue saying that I mean Omaha sitting on two wins seven draws and three losses we got more kits than wins at this point and uh man that yeah. hurts the, yeah, it doesn't feel good to say. Yeah. I said, you know, I said it on Twitter earlier that it's not as fun being on this side of that. But um, yeah, walking ninety was raking Union Omaha across the coals this afternoon. Deservedly so. I mean, Omaha has yeah. not been performing at a level that people expect Union Omaha to perform, and yeah. obviously, it's not just Union Omaha fans that see that. Um, but. I mean, something's something's got to give, and I mean, we as a entire, I would even say as a Union Omaha fandom, as fans in general of League One, we have to stop blaming referees for every little thing that goes wrong in a match. Yes, he missed a call. Yes, he was caught out and caught a uh, and called a penalty on something that may or may not have been a penalty. It was a soft call, for sure. Sure, but that didn't lose them the match. No. Omaha not putting a shot on goal in the last 30 minutes lost them, or got them to draw. It feels like a loss because it's at home. But not registering a shot on goal in 30 minutes, that dooms you. Being unable to break down a compact defense on a small field, something Union Omaha should be able to do, considering they practice on a field with those dimensions when they're playing at home it it's there's just so many different things that just don't make any sense that i guess we need to trust the process and it their the results are coming and results are coming but if results like you said if results don't come soon omaha is going to be sitting on the outside looking in trying to play spoiler by the end of the season yeah and who does Union Omaha play in the very last week of the season? Ford Madison. So even if Union Omaha can get themselves into a playoff position, they have to get by Ford Madison. And a Ford Madison is talented. in second place right now. And that's a damn good team. Mm-hmm. Damn good team and still putting out just absolute fire kits, by the way. I know we can dog on them for them being reversible. Because yeah. I mean that another gimmicky thing, but I I absolutely love and I love the uh, the um, reveal event that they did too. So cool! It's not my my favorite Ford Madison jersey. No, it's not my favorite um, either. But I, I think it's a, a a unique idea, unique enough of an idea that it's worthy of of the praise that they're getting. For sure. Is there so you do you remember those books? I don't know if they still have them. Um, in like elementary school, where 
they would have those those designs but like if you looked at it a certain way there would be like an image that would pop up mm-hmm. is that is there one of those things that's happening or is it purely just like you put on 3d glasses and i think it's purely just the 3d the 3d okay. coolness that they put on it um see they're gonna listen to that and they're gonna like oh yeah we should take that idea and make a jersey out of that too as long as you put rich's name somewhere in there there we go Oh, Tim coming in saying Magic Eye is the... Magic Eye! That's the one. Thank you, Tim. Very true. (laughs) This elementary school, man. (laughs) I always had an easy time with those Magic Eyes. um, And I didn't really know how to teach my classmates how to look at them to to find (laughs) the image. You really can't. For me... But I and, I and I always felt so stupid, like trying to teach them, like, just look at it. You just have to look at it. Why can't you see it? It's, yeah, it's pretty simple. I see it just fine. <laughs> also, like the uh, the colorblind test, too. It's like yeah. I was always, I always saw those and like. I always did the thing where I was like, oh, you really can't see that. You really can't see the number in there. OK, yeah, Dick. No, I can't see it because I'm colorblind. <laughs> but all right. Well, it's just checking. Cutie in Omaha, man. It'll be interesting tomorrow. That's that's for sure. The players see that's the thing. The players want it, man. It's these players have not given up. When you see them coming off the field, you see them interacting with the fans um and the interviews that uh that I have with them for who gives a hoot and everything. They haven't given up. They have that constant belief that those results are right around the corner and they're determined. I mean, when they speak about it, yeah, they're, they're upset about the the result that they just experienced, but they're already focused on the next one and they're ready to, to churn out some points, but. Yeah. But where has that gotten them? Exactly. I can be focused on stuff too. It doesn't mean the results are going to come. Yeah. Got to put in the work. Yeah. I don't know, man. And I don't want to, I don't want this to come across as us shitting on coach Dom either. I, I still 100% believe that he is the right coach for the team. I think you know, it's kind of like a Glazer up at Ford Madison. You know, last season he may not have had the players that he wanted. Well, now that he has the players that he wanted, look where he's at. Mm-hmm. And so when Dom came in and he was sort of given the players, you know, that were announced on League One day one. And then he was forced to to rush through his signing process. Yeah, he was able to, with the help of Peter Marlette, uh, the general manager, he was able to sign some high-quality players that they were able to bring into the club. Um, but on the whole, I don't think that Dom has the locker room that he wants. And I think next year will be the year where we'll be able to truly measure dom's impact with the club his system um the ideal player that he's looking for his recruitment style 
uh, all that kind of stuff. So I think this year it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Tim also saying, quote, be a goldfish doesn't work if it makes you forget the lessons you need to take away. Yeah, it's true. And there's always uh, there's that quote, I, Brian, you probably heard this one in the army. Uh, Failure to prepare is preparing to fail. But yeah, something similar to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't see. I still don't think that's the case with you in Omaha, too. I. I can't put my finger on on what the the issue is these guys like each other i mean you when you watch their live feeds on instagram which i saw one recently and i'm not sure that the club would necessarily condone it being out there but it was out there um they genuinely like hanging out with each other they're having fun um it's just not translating to the field and that's what sucks. Mm-hmm. So there are obvious lessons to be learned. There are things, there's opportunity for growth. I think that'll happen next year. And it sucks to be saying that not even halfway through this season. Well said, so, yeah. I, I really got nothing else. Yeah. I, I got nothing else either. Um, I'm looking forward to, to hanging out. I, so we have the, the signing day at, Warner Park tomorrow afternoon. Um, Brian will not be there. I will be there. Um, but we will not uh, be directly involved in any of the, the signing day activities. We do have some, uh, you know, ideas that we're, we're working with Union Omaha on, as well as Ford Madison. Um, and we're reaching out to uh, the switchbacks, uh, for some, some ideas as well. So, uh, we can float, you know, we can, we can work on, on, on that, you know, on pro. Oh my gosh. I'm not even drunk and I'm tripping over my words. <laughs> I know the feeling we can continue working on, on all of those loose ends. But, uh, as far as tomorrow, we will not be able to, uh, have any of those interviews, um, you know, ready to go um but tomorrow's gonna be a great day we have the signing day in the afternoon we have torment in the evening you know hanging out with Nietzsche beforehand um that's gonna be fun so we're mm-hmm. so we're gonna see Nitra tomorrow we're gonna see darren in july and then we're gonna see both of them in october mm-hmm. man what a good season yeah yep because tormenta fans if you don't if you didn't already know this I can't believe we haven't advertised it enough. We are coming to Statesboro in October for the uh, Union Omaha Tormenta match. So, yes. yeah, that's going to be a fun weekend. See some uh, some live reactions, perhaps to to what's going on. So, we'll yeah, have, we'll have something cool cooked up for you guys for sure. Yeah, and we're going to be uh, bringing a, a few friends along with us too. I think. Uh, Chip and his wife, Kristen, are going to be coming along. Um, I think Allison is thinking about joining in on the trip, too. So we're bringing some folks with us. Yep. It's going to be a fun trip. Tim says he needs a signed selfie with you and Bolt. Hell yes, man. Let's make that happen. 
Allison saying she bought the airfare. So, yeah, there it's you official. Go. Now it is official. There it is. Speaking of our friend of the pod, Allison, um, when she was on a uh, recent out of town trip, uh, she bought some some beer for us. So as soon as I'm awesome. able to pick that up, um, Brian, you are going to be getting some beer as a result of that. And we'll be able to highlight that brewery and those beers on a future show. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. Big shout out and thanks to Allison for that stuff. So <laughs> Allison said, there's a reason I told you both it was on sale. <laughs> and referring to the airfare on that one. Yep. Makes sense. All right. Well, so yeah, that's that's what we got for the the episode this week. Um, we have, like we we've said in in recent weeks, we have uh, plenty of inter interview opportunities coming up in the in the next few weeks. Uh, we're still trying to tie up those loose ends, uh, try to make everything planned out, you know, seamlessly and get everything going. But it's going to be a a good weekend. Uh, we're we're going to be throwing out the best worst position tomorrow, and then. Um, I didn't text or message Brian like I said I was going to because uh, I forgot that he was going to be going down to Kansas City, so I didn't want to ruin any of his family time. Um, so we'll have some uh, some cool content here coming here pretty soon. But yeah, we have some cool stuff in store. Uh, it's going to be fun. So keep coming back. Keep following, liking, all that stuff. Yep, definitely. Um, if you're in the YouTube stream, um thanks for thanks for coming and hanging out um make sure if you're not already subscribed or liking then um you do that because that helps us out quite a bit too so um but yeah i don't i really got nothing else it should be a good weekend it's gonna be hot tomorrow so i'm already hydrating for tomorrow so, so hopefully yeah hopefully i don't get in uh any more trouble from yelling at fans so <laughs> we'll see just don't do it in front of Nitra. <laughs> no, no, I don't. I don't think I'd be doing that. Oh, we didn't mention uh, Michael Sharp did. Uh, Michael Sharp did. Um, Camille and Dalton get to be reunited tomorrow because Dalton uh, is playing over at Tormenta. Gets mm -hmm. to come see his fiance now that he's coming back to Omaha. So that'll be a fun reunion for them too. Right. Yeah, it's gonna be a great weekend. Jeez. Yeah. Should be a good one. All right. Thanks, everybody, uh, for tuning into this show, and uh, we'll keep them coming.